Love is in the air. Everywhere I look around. Welcome to the Veterinary Viewfinder. This week, a special Valentine's Day episode. And I don't know if I'm being this week on the Veterinary Viewfinder, a special love edition where we ask our spouses their deepest, darkest questions about what's it like to be in love with a veterinary professional. This week on the Veterinary Viewfinder. Love is in the air, in the thunder of the sea. I'm your host, Dr. Ernie Ward. I'm Dr. Cindy Courtney. And I'm veterinary technician Becky Mosser, joined today by my husband, Timmy, and Mike Courtney, Laura Ward. It takes a special person to be married to a veterinary healthcare professional. I mean, let's face it, we have long hours, stressful duties, and at the end of the day, sometimes we're emotionally spent. So tonight, we're going to spend this special pre-Valentine's Day sharing some of our best and worst and hopes for the future with you about being in a relationship with a veterinary professional. That's right. And I'm excited to talk to the spouses of the people that I get to enjoy every week and know more about what it's like to live with them. My husband and I met seven years ago while he was stationed at Camp Lejeune in Jacksonville, North Carolina, and we've been together pretty much since our first date, pretty much inseparable, well, except for a few deployments. Tell me, Dr. Ernie and Miss Laura, how did you guys meet? We had a mutual, we had a mutual friend, uh, a friend of Ernie's from kindergarten. Ernie and I uh, met in the library. Oh, wait, we weren't in kindergarten. No. no oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> when we were wee His little things friend. in kindergarten. <laughs> So the way we met was I was meeting, I, I was tutoring in college, freshman year. I was actually involved with another young lady. It was kind of the first time that I, I, you know, I was like having success with the ladies. And then in comes this ravishing redhead with freckles in the library. And what were you doing in the library that caught my attention, Laura? It's really not something I like to admit on uh, in public, but I was squirting a. I was using a squirt gun with uh, with love potion, and as soon as that love potion hit me from that water gun, I was sold. I was smitten. I knew at once that it was love at first sight, and quite frankly, that was it. I mean, I broke up with the person I was dating. I've been with her ever since February 6th, 1986. What about you, Cindy and Mike? What's the story of love? I actually love the way that Mike tells this story, so I think I'm just going to let him take it away. Yeah, so we actually met dancing uh, probably seven years ago while Cindy was out in Kansas working on an internship in Topeka. And it was one of those interesting things where uh, she was using dancing to try and meet some people. I had some friends and was drunk one night. And they were like, hey, you should come out dancing. And I was like, that's a great idea. And I ended up going dancing, swing dancing. Had a great time that week. Kind, I, I believe that that week I, I saw her, but the next time I was there, I just I saw her. I couldn't get my eyes off her. Okay, wait, Mike, just from a guy's perspective, when you say you think she was using dancing as a way to get out and meet people, so I'm instantly thinking Shakira. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Shakira, Wait. Shakira. No, that's not. No, yeah, no. So, yeah. Well, since she was only in town for about three, four months, she was using it to just kind of meet people and make friends. What What kind of dancing was this, honey? Oh, it's a swing dancing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This. Yeah. <laughs> 
Which is probably the lamest kind of dancing to meet a guy. Oh, sorry, I'm just I'm just getting smacked. I'm just getting smacked. No Shakira. Uh, I'm thinking of Cindy being in her best J Lo fashion, but uh, yeah, it's not not to be. Now wait a second. Becky, you and Timmy mentioned that you met while he was stationed in Camp Lejeune, but you didn't kind of say where? Right. So we kind of met similarly. I was um, resigned to not dating and to meeting more people. So I found a Yahoo group that was like local. And lo and behold, we got to chatting and did the exact opposite and immediately started dating. Um, <laughs> and went from there. We we met for the first time at Smoky Bones Restaurant in Wilmington because he was requesting we go out for steak. And I picked the restaurant and they actually didn't even have any beef at all on the menu. So uh we later then went to Carolina Beach to listen to some music. And Timmy, how was the music? There was absolutely no music. Yeah, so we got there a little late, and they had packed up the music. So, so um, Becky, luckily, wait, you're you're the one who's uh, who's making the the plans. You plan to take him to a steak restaurant where there's no beef, and then we're gonna go hear music where there's no music. <laughs> Wow. Well, to be fair, he didn't tell me ahead of time I was going to have to make the plans, and he just requested a steak dinner. So (laughs) on the fly, being totally nervous, having known that I just met the man I was going to marry, I couldn't even think straight. So the closest restaurant to where we were at the time was Smoky Bones, and I decided barbecue might be a good first date. (laughs) So, Becky, was it love at first sight? It was. Um... I, the second I saw Timmy, I, I thought, oh, crap. Literally, the words, oh, crap, I'm in trouble. I'm marrying this guy. Wow. And I had the same experience, although I must admit, Laura doesn't exactly recall it that way. I don't think it was quite love at first sight for Laura. I think it took about, what, almost eight years before you finally committed. Well, I, I did. I did. Uh, I was I thought he was super cute. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a nice way of saying I have no idea what no, he's talking about. This t- love at first sight thing. Uh, I did. I, I thought he was super cute, and we we did hit it off um, instantly. We but- hit it off. But guys, if you're out there listening and you're trying to get the the love of your life to actually love you back, let me tell you a little secret. It's called persistence. What about you, Mike? Uh, were you persistent in your pursuit of Cindy? So what 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 happened was before she left, I told her. Uh, I'm going to move to Virginia, where she was finishing school at Virginia Tech. And she said yes, so I didn't have to follow her in a creepy type fashion. I actually did get the blessing <laughs> to follow her halfway across the country. And then uh, we uh, worked out the last two years of school while she was there. And after that was done, we, we uh, lived together for a year. And then the year after that, we got plans in motion to get married. Wow. So, yeah. Mike, it was, it was love at first sight. Oh, Absolutely. Wow, that is amazing. The three of us all have that same story, you know. So if you're out there listening and you you wonder, you know, if you if you're gonna meet that special someone or you haven't met that special someone yet, lightning does strike. I can tell you it happened to me. It looks like it it happened to Becky and Timmy, Cindy and Mike. So hold out hope. I mean, it doesn't mean that it always happens that way, but by golly, I got to tell you, I'm super happy. And for me in particular, I was in the middle of vet school. I was in between the summers of my sophomore and junior year in vet school. And I had kind of figured, well, golly, I'm I'm going to be so swamped. I'm going to be so busy with vet school. There's really no time for a personal life. There's no time for me to be out there meeting anybody to date. And I certainly didn't think I would move halfway across the country and come home with the love of my life. And that was (laughs) a bit of a surprise. (laughs) Surprise. So Becky, you know, as a veterinary technician, at that point, you were well into your career. You meet the man that you're like, oh, crap, this is the guy. I'm going to marry this guy. I mean, how did that 
how did that play in your other life? You know, I mean, did you tell your colleagues, you tell your family? Um, I didn't tell everyone right away, mostly because I was living alone in Wilmington. Um, and there was a little bit of concern about the fact that I met him without anyone knowing him. And I got in a little bit of trouble from my family when they did finally find out. Um, so no, I kind of held off because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't um, crazy and that this was actually what I thought it was. And the fact that he was deploying just a few months after we met made a big difference in kind of trying to keep my head under control. But by the end of our first date, there was it, there was no keeping my head under control. So Becky, that is an important part of your story as I understand it. I mean, you guys meet and then Timmy is drawn away to serve our country uh, in the Middle East. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. I mean, you know, you meet this person, you fall in love, you know you want to be with this person, but yet suddenly duty calls. Yeah, so I mean, I think that for me, on knowing I was dating a Marine, you know immediately, just in the climate of today, that they're going to be gone before too long. I actually think, personally, I was encouraged by it because I did fall so head over heels. Um, I'm in a bit of an exuberant person. Some people might have noticed that by now. And I thought, maybe I'm putting a little too much into this. So it gave me the opportunity to pause and really be collective about it while he was gone and really know, is this going to be a forever thing? Because that is the hardest thing to get through. And um, while we went through our deployment, I just thought there would be nowhere else I'd rather be. So it had to be real. Wow, that's amazing. And, and Timmy, again, thank you for your service and God bless you. And, uh, and Becky, you know, wow, amazing story. But Laura, when you met me, we were freshmen in college. And of course, I wanted to be a veterinarian. I proclaimed that to the world. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of stuff I was doing in addition to being a veterinarian. I mean, how did this all work out for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we were young when we met, so I was 17, and um, and we did instantly have great chemistry. So I think it, I think that um, your persistence did pay off, like you said. I think that uh, because we both were in school for so long that I, I feel like we both were 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 pretty focused about where we, what we were doing, and education was certainly a priority as well as our love for each other. Um, but you were, um, you certainly were very busy with uh, music and and r writing and certainly. And, and how was that? How was that? I mean, you were basically dating, uh, you know, a, a guy who was in a pretty popular band in Athens, Georgia in the day. You know, there were groupies. There was all that scene. It was late night touring. You know, we were leaving for weeks on end. I mean, how was that? You know, just as a prospective girlfriend, future wife. Hmm. There were, uh, there were, there were, uh, <laughs> that's a really tough question. Um, you know what? It was great. I thought it was great because um, I consider myself a musician as well. And, and so I, I thought there were parts of that were, that were phenomenal. Ernie's always been a super creative person unless he has a creative outlet, um, whether it was music or writing, um, not swing dancing. I'm sorry, but <laughs> he should have been, it should have been. Um, but if he wasn't doing that, I mean, that, that just really was part of, that's who he is. You know, that's what I love about him. Um, so I think that was, uh, it, it was crazy. I will say that I'm, I am not a night owl. So band starting at 10, 11, midnight, midnight. <laughs> um, that not, did not bode well for me when I was in, 
uh, graduate school. Graduate school. Yeah, you were in graduate school working. and you're like, hey, we're headlining at the 40 Y. Come on down. One good story, too. I think one of the reasons why Ernie had to be persistent, it's kind of a joke, but um, I have terrible allergies. I'm allergic <laughs> to everything. I'm and allergic to cats. To cats and maybe even dogs. Dust and, you know, all kinds of things. I'm, I'm the seasonal al- allergy dog. So my allergist at the time, when I was uh, going through another skin testing, said, whatever you do, you can't marry a veterinarian. <laughs> he did. It's true. So anyway, but that uh, persistence. We have cats. It's all great, but pseudo psychosis. psychosis. <laughs> <laughs> so suddenly I'm going. Oh crap! I got the beautiful crazy one. But uh, anyway, it's all worked out great since 1986. Laura, if given all of this crazy stuff that was going on before he even got into vet school, if you anticipated that. Dr. Ernie Ward might be a little bit of a out-of-the-box veterinarian once he finally got that degree. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. He has always been a forward thinker, out-of-the-box. Um, so there was no doubt. There was no doubt that I was in for for a wild ride. So. Yeah. And in fairness, I mean, Laura has incredible business acumen. She was granted an honorary degree with my class uh, at our final senior roast. So, you know, you, you're kind of there. You were really instrumental. I wouldn't be who I was uh, without that. Well, so I want to hear from Mike. Tell me, what was it like for you? Did you know what you were signing up for when you were not only dating a veterinary student, but marrying a veterinarian? You think marriage is hard, veterinary school. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, it was it was interesting and tough. I mean, what, what, what was real tough was in our third year, you know, we were able to meet up. Uh, you know, on the weekends, and we were able to go back and forth. I lived about an hour 15 north of where she went to school. But in the fourth year where she couldn't leave, I was going down there three times a week. And that was just really hard because she felt like she needed to get out. And then I don't know, it was just really hard. Yeah, it just, you know, when you're on call, it just was impossible. And I think there literally were some days where Mike just came down and saw me for like an hour and went back up. And especially during some of those really tough surgery rotations where I had patients in hospital for weeks on end. It, I, I don't know how I would have gotten through without Mike there. So Yeah, so Cindy, those hours, those hours when Mike drives down, you know, he spends hours driving to see you for 60 minutes. Was that the life preserver that you needed to make it through that senior year? Oh my gosh. I, I think we can't give enough credit to these people in our lives. And, and I'm curious for you guys, especially Becky and Timmy, what, what does it mean to you to have this person to come home to at the end of the day? Um, I mean, I know for me, it means the world. Um, I work a lot from home and I look forward to seeing him and I never get sick of him. Um, but I think that he's really the glue that holds our family together. He lets me be a little crazy, travel like I do, bring home all kinds of furry, feathered skill things. I don't know, babe, what's it like to be married to me? Well, in the beginning, there's a, there's times where I didn't know if I needed to uh, give you a hug or if I needed to uh, spray you down with the hose because <laughs> I had no idea what... What you had on you when you came home. <laughs> Didn't know if it was a pizza box or if there was a little kitten inside there. So it was definitely interesting in the beginning, but you know, I had to sniff the box first to figure out what was in it, and then we were good. That's awesome. Laura, you know, we of course had a different relationship. We became business partners. I mean, how was it from your perspective? I mean, here you are, you've married this vet, you actually have a master's in speech language pathology, you did all this research up at Braintree in Boston, and suddenly now you're being asked to run a very busy veterinary hospital. I mean, how was that for you? Well, I think that um, it was uh, it was slow enough in the beginning where it wasn't, um, I, well, I would say 
it, it was tough. I'm going to, I won't lie. It was tough. I think that, um, because I was a, a speech pathologist and I was working, um, initially, um, in the field when we married, um, I think that doing all of that at night, um, and then, uh, before coming on board full time, I think that was tough. Yeah. I mean, a little bit about that. I mean, I was on call 24 seven for the majority of our practice career. So you would in the early days, you would be working at the clinic later. I mean, I'm sorry, at the hospital. Then you would work in our clinic and we would get in the pager would go off at 2 a.m. Uh, that is that is nothing I ever want to relive. The uh, the the on call paging, even to this day, it's it's kind of a it's pretty tough because we tend to just uh, if we hear uh, that sound a certain frequency a certain frequency it's a it's like a stop drop and roll moment because <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 it, those are those are some pretty crazy days because we are in a rural area and uh, I've assisted on so many. Uh, trauma cases, surgeries, late uh, night radiology, blood tests. I mean, you've done it all. Clients that maybe weren't always in their right mind when they got there at three in the morning. So um, yeah. we've we've had some tough. Um, well, they've been emotional. Times. I mean, you've seen guns pulled on me. You've yep. seen you know all types of threats. I mean, I, I will say this: the spouse carries the weight. And for anybody out there who works, lives with a supportive partner. I mean, I want to hear your story. So please share it with us on Facebook or Twitter because, you know, this is the glue, as as Becky mentioned, that holds us together. And I, I'm just reminded of every time we watch the Olympics and they talk about the spouses and how much they help support those Olympic athletes and the nutritionists and the trainers. And I think these guys are our support system and, and as healers and athletes in our in our own sense they they make it all possible yeah which cindy brings us to a good point let's tell what our spouses do or their education i mean so mike what's your life like outside of of sydney what do you what do you do so, so I had a funny education i got degrees in a couple different things but what i do is I, the easiest way to say is I make the internet go faster. And so usually, and so usually when... <laughs> Thank you. Thank yes. you very much. But then, so when I'm out with Cindy and it's like, oh, you know, I make the internet go faster, I point to her and I go, she works with puppies. And they're like, puppies! And everyone just flocks to her, so it's great. <laughs> Timmy, what about you? I mean, I know that obviously military experience, that's a, that's a big deal. You served our country well. What, what's your story? Um, I got my associates in, uh, in uh, welding and general studies. And after that, I became a... Uh, a superintendent for a construction company. Wow, that is great. And they are lucky to be led by you because obviously you have done that. And Laura, so tell us a little bit about what's your background? Uh, my gr- background is uh, speech language pathology. So I uh, I got my an undergraduate and a graduate degree in, in that field. So my background came from uh, human hospitals working with um, mostly adult neuro patients, swallowing disorders, head, head trauma, a stroke. So yeah. And I think a lot of times people, when they hear speech or language therapists, they think kids in schools with speech impediments, but Laura, you didn't do any of that. What did you do? Yep. I, I worked in different settings, which became super helpful for us later on. I worked in acute care, um, outpatient and rehab in a hospital. Yeah, so strokes and head traumas, people that uh, had lost memory or cognitive abilities. I mean, you developed a really cool test for aphasia. 
Yep. So that that is what I did. The only help uh, for the hospital was um, I did a, a bedside swallowing evaluation on a myasthenia gravis. <laughs> yeah, I a, know exactly. I read your mind. On a lar- right. it was a large Newfoundland. A Newfoundland so. with myasthenia. Can you imagine that, Cindy? So that was my crossover. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that, was a, that was crossover. So Laura, actually, it's it's kind of a cool thing. Uh, she definitely intersects with science, but uh, at the end of the day, it's business acumen that that really, you know, that's where she found her place in the vet medicine world. And if you never got a chance to see Laura lecture, I got to tell you, I really, I wish she would do it more. It's phenomenal. Thank you, sweetheart. And speaking of how much crossover there is or isn't between science, I think that may lend itself to how much our partners appreciate or don't appreciate some of the more gory aspects of veterinary medicine. Uh, Anyone have some fun or not-so-fun stories about those intersections? Well, it's not fair because Alara has actually worked in veterinary hospitals for 20 years. Uh, mm. any, any cases jump out at you right away, Laura? I mean, are those the, the, the ones you tell with, like, your friends, your girlfriends? Well, I was, uh, I was uh, at the hairdresser the other day, and we were having this exact conversation because um, uh, one of the, the hairdresser had given blood, and she was um, uh, quite bruised. Uh, so, um, we we're talking, I was talking about the skill set of drawing blood and I said, well, you're not a cat. So, <laughs> um, but I think that, um, I think that, uh, everybody was talking about what was the most difficult thing for them to see. And certainly it's not blood. Um, for me, it's, uh, prolapsed eyes, um, uh, oh, yeah. of a Pekingese yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, we put that sucker back in and it yeah, stayed. That was <laughs> uh, so for me, yeah, eyes and, uh, yeah, there's certain, I, I, I hate to go graphic, but yeah, there's certain things that are tough. So skull, I don't care for skull. Yeah. We've seen a lot but of that dog survived very well. Yeah. You know, that was uh, a massive, massive frontal lobe injury and that dog did great. So I, I remember in our third year, I actually sat in through a class. We would hang out with our friends and they're like, oh, Mike, you should come in here. This is fine. Now, I openly admit there's a reason I do IT. A network switch does not bleed. There's no <laughs> mucus. There's none of that stuff. And so I'm sitting in the class. So there were two classes. The first one was veterinary policy or something along that lines. And so the teacher asked me a question. I got it right. I'm like, I could be a vet. This is great. The next class was there. They're like, okay, welcome to blah, blah. And there was like a placenta and there was all this blackness on the screen. And I just put my head down. I went white. Cindy looked at me and she goes, what'd you say? Because it was pretty funny. I'm like, are you okay? I think we were in surgery, and that was the day we were learning about C-sections. And I think literally at one point the professor said, and this is the point where the black placental fluid will start coming out. And, and I was, just I was re- done. Yep. Yeah, oh, just Mike, really glad he didn't, didn't vomit. Kind of realized that normal people don't like surgery. That's right. Laura, how many bulldog puppies have you done the shake on? Oh, wow. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so, Timmy, what about you? What's the gross stuff other than passing the smell test when she comes home which i love by the way it's not really gross but i mean just sitting there uh a few times i've gone to our practices and had to go uh get lunch for everybody and uh for everyone to actually give me the orders as they have looked like a murder in the background (laughs) and it's just blood and all kinds of things on the ground and i'm like are you guys okay and it's just like cool calm and collect and i'm just like freaking out because i have no i'm like 
should we call somebody? Well, we're at the place to call. The but, lunch discussion over the lunch discussion over nasty yeah, work stuff. Could but wait, Timmy, you've been in war. You've been in battle. Absolutely. You've had live fire directed at you, and you're telling me that you walk into a vet clinic and you're like shell shocked. That is out of control chaos. <laughs> I mean, he's right though. I can remember one time him coming into the ER to get orders, and I was literally rinsing maggots from a boxer's leg, discussing yeah. what would be the best selection for lunch that day. And his face <laughs> looking at me was like, oh, "I'll come back. We can we can talk about this at a better time." I went to I went to straight survival mode. I was just like, "Well, that's maggots, so it could be protein." Oh yeah, that's right. So, that's, I was just thinking at Laura going cuterebra. Protein yep. source. <laughs> and I'm, I am thinking of a case, too. So yeah, I don't like I maggots. <laughs> I do not like maggots. I also can say that um, I don't care where you are. I can close my eyes and I can smell Parvo in an instant. So, <laughs> Amen. If you can smell Parvo, tell us that on Facebook. I don't know what any of that means. But one of the funny things about, about uh, married to a vet, speaking of the food thing, is whenever you get a bunch of vets together for dinner, everyone's like, oh, this is great. And then all of a sudden it's like, it's like, hey, we had to express this anal gland, and everybody else who's not a vet's like, okay, I'm done. That's great. <laughs> well, and that, Mike, that's a, that's a great segue, because let's talk about the other part of being married, and that is the romantic aspect. So, obviously, we live with blood and guts and poop and all kind of mess. Um how do you keep it romantic, Becky? Oh, I don't think it's hard at all. You just take a shower, number one. That's, <laughs> you know, most anything gets on you at the end of the day can be rinsed off. And, nice. Uh, and, and you limit your stories to later on, you know. <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, really, though, I think that I hope that my husband finds my passion and my career attractive, and um, I know that I find his empathy and his support incredibly attractive. So I think at the end of the day, we we managed to pull it off. Dr. Cindy and Mike, any love advice for us? Well, I feel the same way, and I definitely, ever since the beginning, Mike has been incredibly supportive of my passion, and anytime I give him a call from a conference where I'm learning new things and getting to interact with people, he hears that excitement in my voice and expresses how how excited that makes him for me, so I think that's definitely a big deal, but yeah, showers showers are good. Yeah, she also takes me out to ice cream. It's a very low low bar over here. <laughs> <laughs> low bar. Well, Laura, the only thing that I would say is, I mean, you know, you kind of got the raw end of the deal as far as the romantic because ever since we met in February of 1986, I've kind of been on a bulldozed, you know, <laughs> track towards a lot of stuff. And uh, it's always been hard for us to find that romantic time. So I apologize in advance. I mean, you've, you've been living with this for a long time. But the reality is being a veterinarian, being a very driven, ambitious, bold person, it's, it's hard to live with. And the, the one thing, if you're listening tonight... Uh, to this podcast or today, wherever it is when you're listening, it's that, you know, do try to reserve the time. We were so busy. I mean, we, we had children late and, and we missed a lot of the, the, you know, when people always say about going on date night, it was like, no, we were going on emergency call. You know, <laughs> they talk about, you know, we, we went and, and spent some time together. It's like, yeah, that was called painting the clinic. Um, so I apologize for that, but that's what we had to do. And then, you know, we instantly pivoted from building up these successful practices to having kids, you know, it was like, oh, and now we're going to have babies. So, um, you know, I would say if you're out there listening, if you have the chance, the be grateful, thank them, love them, 
make a date night, make the time to get away because sometimes in life it just speeds up and before you know it, you're in your 50s and you look back and you go, Laura, I'm sorry. I think we did. No, I, I, I disagree. I think that um, we, even though... Yes, we were in the clinic. We didn't. We we didn't take a money honeymoon for five years. So I think that um, I think that we were busy. But I love. I mean, it, it's very real, very awesome. And uh, puppies are romantic. Kittens are romantic. I mean, and, and you're romantic. So I I uh, I think that uh, it's a beautiful life. So what well, you do is beautiful. And I beautiful appreciate thing. that. I will also tell you this bit of advice if you're trying to procreate out there and you're listening. The uh, so finally, you know, Laura was was kind of against having kids when we first married. Uh, that's fair, right? Well, um, I didn't want him to marry me for my for my for my awesome self here. Baby so. making. <laughs> I wasn't right. a baby. I, I, I was in. I was. I so was then, in school. So suddenly one day, and I mean literally one day, she came and she goes, I want to have a baby. It was a Cincinnati airport. And I <laughs> really sat was. in the middle of the Cincinnati airport. And all of a sudden I had that, that moment of panic. And I started crying in the middle of the Cincinnati airport. And uh, she so, did. I was, she was there with me. We were lecturing. And yeah, it was, she it, it broke was down on the way back. And suddenly she goes, babies now, damn it. And, uh, <laughs> and here's the reality. It didn't happen now. It took some time. And we had a wonderful 72-year-old gynecologist who said, the reason that you're not getting pregnant isn't because of anything that's wrong with you physiologically. It's because you guys are too D-A-M-N stressed. Well, I'd say maybe I should get off that inventory ladder then and <laughs> That's right. And maybe quit those counting everything. That's right. Maybe those late night emergencies aren't as romantic as we once thought they were. So we literally went on, on our first vacation. Well, it was maybe our second vacation. Uh and uh and babies happened. So Cindy, how did how did Joe baby happen? There was uh, trying, and then it was. There was a lot of. I think as veterinary and medical professionals, um, there's a lot of scheduling sometimes that you can be tempted to do. And uh, I, I knew I was going to be tempted to do that, and so I tried to hold off. But um, yeah, I think for us, it just kind of happened when we least expected it to. And I was like, that didn't go according to plan and according to time at all. And that was the month that that wasn't supposed to happen. And we're really excited. Yeah, we had made plans. We're, we're like, okay, next summer we're going to do blah, blah, blah. And then we're like, ah, we're not getting pregnant. Oh, by the way. <laughs> well, I guess I took the easy way out and I married someone who had one already. So I didn't have to. But I can tell you Cincinnati is getting crossed off my travel list. Uh, never going there. So yeah, in addition to being a Marine and um, being about to deploy, he came with the trifecta of nervousness for me that was having a daughter. Um, So I have a beautiful 16-year-old stepdaughter now who um, lives in Indiana, and we don't get to see her as much as we'd like to, but thank God for social media and technology. We're able to to keep in touch, and it was actually an amazing thing to become a stepmom and learn you can love somebody that much when you've never even met them. Yeah, it's a it's an amazing story, Becky. You are Sounds an amazing, amazing person on so many levels, and you know that. Well, 
I think we've about wrapped it up. I mean, obviously, there's there's so much opportunity for veterinary professionals, and uh, sometimes the romantic part gets left out. And many times, people listen to podcasts like this or speakers, and they don't quite get an appreciation for our better halves. So I'm really grateful that we all had the opportunity to share this time with our spouses and significant others. And I hope you've learned a little something. We want to hear your views on this. How did you meet your significant other and what is the advice that you would offer to people who are considering dating a veterinary professional don't forget to subscribe so you can get more great content like this every week and leave us an absolutely honest review we know this was a entertaining week so we're interested to hear what you think make sure to follow us on facebook at veterinary viewfinder as well as on twitter at vet viewfinder and join us next week for another great episode of the veterinary viewfinder where we take a look at gender issues in the animal hospital and keep love alive bye hashtag lock home <laughs> <laughs> bye <laughs>